Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. Thanks for staying with us right here on Money FM 89.3. I'm Lin Lee. Escalating healthcare costs that burden the economy, societal fractures resulting from competing needs across age groups. Now, those are just some of the issues often associated with an aging population. To avoid that grim reality on our little red dot, everyone must have the right mindset. Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong brought that up at a recent launch of a book encapsulating research into the challenges of Singapore's ageing population. In that spirit, Mr Lee says the government will take the lead in supporting Singaporeans. On today's Morning Shot, we will delve into how our society can better tackle ageing challenges with Professor Ting Yin Ling, Executive Director of the Ageing Research Institute for Society and Education at NTU Singapore. Good morning, Prof. Good morning. Okay, issues surrounding ageing are, as we know, multifaceted. They cut across family, society, employment, retirement and healthcare. But just coming off the COVID-19 pandemic, what would you say are some of the issues you feel need more immediate attention? Okay, um, I would like to actually mention that, you know, that there is a positive, you know, like consequence that came out of the uh, COVID pandemic. And that is the accelerated acceptance of technology, um, you know, that by older adults and also the service providers. In the issues surrounding aging that require immediate attention, I think healthcare is a big problem. The pandemic has exposed the vulnerabilities of healthcare system, especially for the older adults. And there is a need to improve access to healthcare develop, you know, the effective and efficient healthcare models and invest in uh, healthcare technologies that can benefit older adults. Another issue is social isolation. Uh, the pandemic has led to an increase in social isolation and that could have impacted the mental and the physical health of older adults. And it is important that, you know, that we take a multifaceted approach that includes technology, community engagement and caregiver support. So in Singapore, we, we do have schemes under the CPF that go in line with rising life expectancy and changing needs as well as other initiatives targeted at lower wage workers and seniors. <laughs> How far do you think these schemes go in ensuring that retirement is adequately addressed? I think we are very fortunate in Singapore and certainly the schemes such as TPF Life, Retirement Sum Scheme, uh, it is a, yeah, a significant uh, step towards ensuring retirement adequacy in Singapore. Um, I think there are also other schemes uh, that have been implemented, targeted at older wage workers and seniors like the Workfare uh, Income Supplement, Silver Support Scheme and Pioneer Generation Package. When we look at uh, retirement income and the adequacy, it is really influenced by several factors. Uh, that includes uh, life expectancy, inflation and healthcare costs. So while the TPF system provides a foundation for retirement income, uh, it may not be sufficient for some retirees who require more substantial financial support, such as you know, by, uh, healthcare costs. Therefore, it is important to continue monitoring the adequacy of retirement income and making adjustments so that Singaporeans can maintain a reasonable standard of living in retirement. 
So, Prof, can you delve a little bit more into those factors of uh, retirement adequacy like life expectancy and healthcare? Yeah, it looks like when we talk about retirement adequacy, right, it refers to the ability of retirees to maintain their desired standard of living throughout their uh, retirement years. Um, you have rightly mentioned, yes, you know, it's like life expectancy. Um, the length of time that a retiree is expected to leave, which influences the duration of their retirement and the amount of savings they need to support their lifestyle. And that's very important to look into. Uh, the other one is retirement income. The amount of the retirement income, such as pension, savings and government benefits that a retiree has to support their lifestyle. Uh, other factors include inflation, uh, healthcare costs, lifestyle preferences, you know, like we have our desired standard of living, including factors such as uh, housing, travel and leisure activities. Okay, we're in conversation with Professor Tengin Ling, Executive Director of the Aging Research Institute for Society and Education at NTU Singapore. Prof, the idea of retirement villages is quite popular in countries such as Japan and Australia. Let's take a quick comparison. In Singapore, we have instead elderly care facilities and initiatives inbuilt within residential towns that house all kinds of demographics. So in your opinion, can we draw inspiration from any aspects of overseas retirement villages, for example, elderly care or even housing models? Yeah, when we actually look at the Singapore model, right, the approach is to promote uh, social integration and interaction of uh, seniors with um, other residents. And that is actually to reduce the risk of uh, social isolation and loneliness. Um, when you look at contrast with uh, retirement villages, which are very popular in countries like uh, Japan and Australia, mm-hmm. they are designed uh, specifically for seniors to provide a range of services and amenities. And it gives them a sense of community purpose, easy access to healthcare and other services. Uh, there are some drawbacks, such as, you know, like, uh, they are isolated from the broader community. And the uh, there are higher costs compared to traditional housing options and also limited flexibility for the seniors. Both approaches have their you know, advantages and disadvantages, but I feel that the best approach will depend on the specific needs and preferences of individuals and their families. So do you think that uh, retirement villages would work in a Singapore context? Yes, it can work, you know, like, uh, and we have our senior activity centres, like, in the residential areas, right? Now, it is actually called uh, Active Aging Centre. Mm. Now, it is actually in residential areas, but retirement villages, um, they usually prioritise on, you know, like, the physical and mental well-being mm. uh, by providing various uh, amenities and services, an active and healthy lifestyle for the elderly, uh, yes, you can, however, can be quite expensive. Mm. So while there are differences, um, you know, like in retirement village uh, models compared to uh, the overseas models, uh, I think we can learn a lot on how to improve the care and the quality of life for seniors in Singapore. And drawing from inspiration from overseas models, we can innovate and improve our elderly care and housing models so that we can age comfortably and with dignity. 
So we've also seen the government raising retirement and re-employment ages in recent years. Do you see that as a means to an end? Um, I think when we look at the retirement, um, raising the retirement and re-employment ages, I think that's the aim in promoting, you know, like retirement adequacy and addressing the challenges of the aging uh, population. It actually requires or allows seniors to continue working and earning an income. So I think that's good. Um, so that it will, you know, reduce the risk of financial insecurity for seniors and encourage them to continue contributing to the workforce and society. But besides that, there could be other measures mm-hmm. such as promoting uh, lifelong learning, mm-hmm. upskilling, improving job uh, opportunities for seniors, and also enhancing healthcare and social support so that the seniors can age comfortably and with dignity. Hmm. Let's keep in mind that cost of living is undeniably going up. But cost aside, based on your research, what are the factors that are drawing people to retire overseas? And uh, is Singapore doing enough to enhance those areas? I feel that Singapore is doing a lot. And my research is uh, looking at the aging population and using technology to enhance a better lifestyle. There are people who are actually retiring overseas and have friends who have done that. I think one of those reasons is better quality of life. Um, There are some who are attracted to countries that offer a better quality of life, which could be, you know, a more relaxed pace of life, better weather, um, more opportunities for leisure and recreation, or lower cost of living. I, I think there are... Some countries in Southeast Asia and South America that have lower cost of living. Um, the other thing is also about healthcare costs. Um, you know, so able to assess, you know, high quality and affordable healthcare. Yeah, and some retirees could be just drawn to countries that offer a different culture and lifestyle with opportunities to experience new things and new new people. Very quickly before we go, Prof, you were talking about your research on enhancing technology in terms of tackling aging. How are we coming along with that? How, how do we compare in terms of technology with uh, other countries? I think we are doing very well in terms of looking at innovations uh, using technology. So, for example, in my research, we have designed uh, exercise to encourage the elderly to exercise. We mm-hmm. conducted competitions to help them to continue to exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the challenges, right, is really looking at how do we have a sustainable model. There are pockets of work done across Singapore, but it would be great if we can consolidate this effort and do it as part of uh, healthcare support. But we move towards more promotive and preventive measures to encourage an active and healthier population. All right. Thank you very much, Prof, for sharing your perspectives with us this morning. We've been speaking with Professor Teng Yin Ling, Executive Director of the Aging Research Institute for Society and Education at NTU Singapore. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.